Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing Stronger and Marshall, as well as discussing some TV. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I am tired. I'm very tired, actually. Honestly, I was gonna say the same thing, but I didn't want to. I just, I just wanted to be positive. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not really that early, but it's just like I've been so busy recently. I'm so tired, but it is what it is. We are here recording the podcast, even when we're tired and even when we really i mean there's a lot of movies out right now but there's nothing like huge you know i think we had like four major releases this week but none of them are gonna let me put it this way none of them are gonna draw in the podcast numbers for us you know what i'm saying I 100% agree. 100% agree (laughs) yeah and i didn't even really i mean i guess what I would guess is going to be, or is the quote-unquote biggest one, even though, like I said, not very big, is probably Happy Death Day, and that's not one of the ones I saw, so <laughs> um, it is what it is, but we're here, and we're going to review these movies, but it's mostly just going to be me, at least for the first part of this episode, because Ozzy is a little behind on movies, which is fine, it happens, um, life gets in the way, and you know, it is what it is, but... Well, the reason why I wasn't able to see some of these movies is because Thursday actually was my sister's 10th birthday. Shout out. Shout out to my sister Isabella here. Yeah, she was turning the big 10. So I was, I I couldn't miss it. I I couldn't miss it. You know, 10 (laughs) is a huge, 10 is a huge number. I still can't believe she's 10. It was, it's, it's insane. So that's, that's why I couldn't see the movie. Yeah. I had a visitor and everything. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright, well, the first movie that I'm going to be reviewing for this episode is a movie that's actually not a movie that was released this week. It was released a couple of weeks ago, at least limited, and it'll probably continue going wide. I I don't know how they're planning on releasing this movie, but it is the latest Jake Gyllenhaal movie, Stronger. This movie, if you do not know, is based on the Boston Marathon bombing and one survivor's kind of journey back from his recovery basically because it's it is one of the one of the people who was really close to the blast and ended up losing both of his legs so it's his kind of journey through that process and i think it's really interesting that we're getting another boston marathon bombing movie because I I don't I don't know it's like <laughs> I mean I guess it kind of follows in line with some things we saw from previous years I mean I know it, it didn't it wasn't too much after I mean t- to be honest it wasn't too much after nine eleven that we started getting those movies and it seemed like we did get <clears throat> excuse me seemed like we did get a couple of them in a row there and I think this is gonna be the case at least a little bit for now with some of these things um. This movie, 
it's going to be hard not to compare it to Patriots Day from last year, just because it's about the same thing. I'm going to try my hardest not to. But the one thing I will say, not necessarily comparing its quality, but just what the movie is, is this is a much more narrow, smaller story, a more intimate perspective on the Boston bombing, the Boston Marathon bombing. Whereas Patriots Day covered basically the whole thing with just the the bombing itself, the mission to catch the terrorists, the um, the survivors and their them trying to meet up and all this stuff. It had all this. It was huge in scope when it comes to just everything that happened around that day. You know, whereas this one, we get the actual event but then we pretty much just focus right in on and even the actual event is pretty much just narrowly focused on Jake Gyllenhaal's story his character story and everything and everybody around him and that's it's just it's a more narrow story and I think from that angle it really does succeed because you do end up caring about this dude, and obviously a lot of that has to do with Gyllenhaal, who, I will say this, Gyllenhaal, everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I have a serious man crush on Jake Gyllenhaal. He is amazing. He is, in my opinion, one of the best actors working today, and he's still underrated. Now, he is really good in this movie, but it's not, like, his best performance or anything. This isn't much, I think this is, for me, this is comparable to something like The Revenant, you know, where we had uh, Leo and everyone was like, oh man, he hasn't won yet, he needs to win, blah, 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 and all this stuff, and it's like, I love Leonardo DiCaprio, you're right, he should have won years ago, but I don't think this is the performance that deserves it, and this is kind of the same thing I feel about this, where it's like, look, I love, (laughs) I love Jake Gyllenhaal, I think he's been amazing before. It's a crime that he wasn't nominated because he easily could have won for Nightcrawler a couple years ago. But this isn't his best performance, so I'm not going to be up in arms if he doesn't get nominated or whatever. He, he was he was great in the movie. I mean, he doesn't give bad performances, but it's not like jaw-dropping or anything. He has one scene that's really impressive. But anyway, he is outshined in this movie. And I am going to pull up the cast list for a second. Sorry, I should have done this before. But he is outshined in his own movie. And it is by the girl who plays his... It's not his wife, technically. It's his girlfriend. His on and off, on again, off again girlfriend. And, oh yeah, it's Tatiana Maslany. Okay, so Tatiana Maslany is absolutely just fantastic in this movie i cannot even like if there's anybody who needs to be nominated for this movie it is tatiana maslany she is absolutely fantastic um it really makes me want to watch orphan black which is a show i've heard tons about where she's nominated for an emmy like every year it's basically automatic that she's going to be nominated for an emmy so she's obviously talented and this makes me want to watch that show because she is fantastic. Like I said, she over she outacts Jake Gyllenhaal. I I need you to understand how much that means coming from me because <laughs> I love Jake Gyllenhaal. So it, it, she's amazing, and their relationship is just 
it's really compelling. It is really fascinating. It has tons of layers. And it's... I, it's just no matter the twists and turns that it takes, because I do have issues with some of the directions that this movie goes at times um, from a character arc angle. But even if it takes a direction I don't necessarily appreciate, he, she and him, their, their relationship, their chemistry sells it. So that's definitely a strong point of this movie. And again, just I appreciated this whole thing being a more personal act a more personal look at such a tragic event, you know, where you see all this stuff. And it also, one of the biggest positives I have for this movie, to be honest, is just the, the way that it's able to examine when somebody looks or when somebody goes through something like this and we are doing our best to, in our minds, try to help them. How is how much of that is actually just trying to kind of help yourself and make yourself feel better? And it really tries to touch on that when it comes to his family and his family trying to be helpful in their mind. But really, it the movie basically, other than a couple of times with the girlfriend, basically sticks with Jake Gyllenhaal's perspective. So we're seeing all the stuff his family's doing. Again, they're trying to be helpful. And all the stuff people in the city are doing. Again, they're trying to be helpful. But it's not necessarily <laughs> doing the intended thing. It makes him feel worse and all this stuff. And then also it examines what we... The, the whole movie is about what we mean when we say things like Boston Strong after something like that happens, where a tragic event happens and we start these silly little hashtags or whatever that, you know, they have their purpose. But the movie really wants to kind of ask the question, what is their purpose? What do we actually mean when we say Boston Strong? What what does that mean? And by the end of that movie, we or by the end of the movie, we do kind of get there. And I think they do kind of get their point across by the end. So I, I think a lot of the themes are definitely there in this movie. And acting-wise, it is amazing. And again, I really appreciated the narrative being so narrow and much more personal than something like Patriot's Day. So now, as for negatives, uh, there... The, the biggest thing for me is actually that... This movie is just the small things. I don't I didn't love this movie to be honest. I really I think it's a movie with great performances. But it's not a movie that I think is going to be like a best picture contender or anything like that. I think I think it's a I think it is a very good movie with great performances. And the reason is I think it's a lot of the little things. There's just so many moments where I'm just like oh, man, I I just I don't know if that was necessarily the right choice, be it a small character choice or be it just a little acting moment at the beginning where somebody is on the phone and something ha and obviously what we know it happens, <laughs> something happens and the reaction is just like really calm and really just like, I, I don't, it didn't feel natural. It was just a small acting moment right there. And then... Or there's a moment where they're just on the elevator and it's clearly green screen in the background. It's just there's small moments here and there where I'm just like, just what do we, like, and it was just enough for me to be like distracted at times. So 
I think maybe I don't want to say in the hands of a more talented director it would have been better, but I, I don't know. I I feel like there's just a a lot of things that could have been just cleaned up a little bit. And then one thing I'll also say is I don't think that the main character arc is necessarily very clean. Uh, that's how I'll word it. I, I don't think it's very clean or and very clear because we see this guy going through all this stuff, right? And basically the entire movie you're waiting for because okay i tell you the plot of this movie and most people are going to basically go okay i know how this movie goes right and basically the whole time you're waiting for it to go that way but it never really does until like the very end and it's really abrupt when it gets there so i i just i don't think that the character's main arc was really just as well put together as it could have been because it really just feels abrupt at the end. And I, the whole movie, I'm just waiting for kind of us to go into the third act of the movie. I feel like we got the first act, obviously. And then we get into the second act where he's really struggling through kind of through everything. And then we never really get to that third act until like the last scene of the movie. And... You know, maybe you can say that's the point, blah, 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 but I, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel like a complete character arc, and I think that might be the danger of doing something like this, of writing a movie like this after, or so close after to the actual event, because the story is not fully complete. Like, if we're being honest, this dude is, I mean, he's still a young guy. It happened to him only, what, a couple years ago? And the story's not complete, so I feel like this movie could have reached greater heights if they had waited for more of the actual story to fully develop, you know, and for us to get more of a perspective through time on this guy's life and his journey, you know. So, that is basically all I have to say about this movie, and what I will... Rate this movie is a 7.8 out of 10. I Like I said, it's a very good movie with great performances. But it's not a great movie. But you should definitely see it. Again, Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing. Tatiana Maslany is amazing. Go see this movie. If, you, if it's still available near you. I, again, I don't know how they're releasing this. But I would recommend this movie. Alright. Ozzy, are you going to try to see that movie? Yeah, I'm gonna try. It's just, I'm tr- there's there's uh you know this has been crazy in Florida, but yeah, I'm gonna try to see it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other movie that I saw was one of the movies that was released this week, and it's with Chadwick Boseman, aka Black Panther, and it is Marshall. This movie is about the first african-american supreme court judge before he was a supreme court judge is it a it is about him when he is a much younger man and he is a lawyer working for basically social equality and he was defending people who have been accused solely because of their race now this movie i'm gonna list off the cast here there's chadwick boseman great actor there's Dan Stevens, great actor. James Cronwell, great actor. Sterling K. Brown, great actor. Kate Hudson, 
she has her moments, but most of the time, good. Josh Gad. (laughs) Josh Gad is good at what he does, but, I I mean, even if you, even if, all right, Kate Hudson's a questionable one as well, but if I read you all those names, and even Sterling K. Brown, just amazing actor. I mean, he's killing it on This Is Us, and he's clearly one of the most... He's clearly one of the best up-and-coming talents around. And I read all these names, and Josh Gad and Kate Hudson, this is just... They they are strange to hear in a serious kind of period piece, biological or (laughs) biographical drama like this. It's just... It was strange. And it really threw me off. And I'm definitely going to talk about Josh Gad. And I I don't know. It's just I can't tell about with my feelings on Josh Gad in this movie if it's just because what is Josh Gad doing in this movie? Or if I just really had problems with his performance. I don't know. But I'll get there. Let me start positive. Chadwick Boseman and Sterling K. Brown. There is a scene in this movie where they are both acting like they're both acting their butts off. They are absolutely fantastic. They're having a scene where they're just having a very intense conversation. And Chadwick Boseman goes on this monologue, and we keep cutting back to Sterling K. Brown's reactions. And, man, these dudes are powerhouses on the screen. And they were just... I mean, that scene is the best. Is by far the best scene in the movie. So, I... To be honest, I'd probably recommend the movie uh, just for that. It it was it was really, really a great scene, and I think Sterling K. Brown probably has the best performance in this movie just because I mean it. He really does kind of take you on a journey, and then with Chadwick Boseman, it's 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 fascinating because I never. I mean, look, he's definitely a charming, good-looking, charismatic guy, right? But that's not necessarily the first thing I always thought with him, right? But, oh my gosh, he oozes charisma on the screen with this movie. You're watching this movie and you're just like, I believe everything you're saying right now. Just because he is so good at just being this charming guy where you just buy into whatever he's selling and it works. Uh, he he was really good in this movie and uh, I was... I, I was surprised. I mean, I knew Chadwick Boseman was good, but I was really surprised by him. So, now, as for the actual movie, this is definitely one where I think that the movie could have very, could have been elevated by a lot with a bit more of an experienced director, to be honest. I, I don't even know, I'm going to pull up what the director's filmography is right here, but he, I, the story is great, That that's what I'll say, the story is absolutely fantastic, <clears throat> but I, I just, I think that there were, there was a lot of meat left on the bone when it comes to how this story was told and the narrative of this movie. I, I don't know. I just, I really, really was invested because the story was so good and the different revelations that are made throughout this case. 
uh, are because it's basically he's defending Sterling K. Brown's character and the revelations that are made throughout the case. And Kate Hudson is re- is surprisingly really really good in this movie. I mean, I like Kate Hudson. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to say like surprisingly like she's normally bad, but I, I was just surprised how invested in her as a character I ended up being. But this is a movie of great performances and a great story that, again, kind of just kind of like stronger, but not necessarily in a way. I think this is a more extreme example of what I was talking about. But um, I just I don't know. I, I feel like I I feel like if it was if the movie was done by a different director, I might have I, I, I really would have been even more invested and been like talking about this like it was one of the best movies of the year when I didn't necessarily feel that way for this movie and I'm looking at his filmography he's definitely made a lot of movies he's been working since uh I believe his first feature was in 1990 nothing that I recognize though I I don't know he was producer on Django Unchained yeah I I don't know he I don't want to make it sound like this is like one of the worst directing jobs of the year because it's not. It's just I feel like there was a lot of potential for this movie with just the story that's there and this character that's there brought to life by incredibly by Chadwick Boseman. I think that there was just a lot of potential here. And I don't know. I feel like the tone was kind of at times all over the place. I mean, not necessarily like really messy, but... I don't know, at times I just couldn't put my finger on it. It felt a little cheesy just because they kept trying to inject humor into it, which, I, I, I don't know. Um, he, it's just, it, it's not, I, I don't know. It didn't feel like it had the weight that it should have. That That's the biggest thing. And again, there there's a lot of different techniques that they use. There's some flashback techniques, but... They would, like, show us an incorrect flashback at times just because that's how the character was telling the story. And that was, I mean, that can be interesting, but I don't think it necessarily worked because it wasn't consistent. We had, like, three flashbacks in this movie. And, you know, it's just, like, that's not enough for it to make any sense when you're giving us, like, not real ones as well. So... I don't know, and I feel like I should have cared a little bit more about some of the side characters and storylines, specifically Chadwick Boseman's character's wife. I, I didn't really care about that storyline as much as I feel like I should have because it gets pretty weighty. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. And let me talk about Josh Gad now before I kind of rate this movie and move on. <clears throat> he, I think he does an okay job. But I just, I, I, all right, I think I'm going to kind of land in the middle. I just think he was miscast. I don't think he belonged in this movie. He, he was, he was fine. He didn't give like an offensively bad performance. It wasn't, it didn't ruin the movie, but I don't think he was, I, I don't think he was ready for a role like this, first of all, because this is, I mean, to go and have this kind of performance to be your first dramatic one it just feels like it's not the right choice and then also I don't think I just don't think he fit this character and I could be wrong maybe maybe that's exactly what the guy in real life was like and I could be dead wrong but I just watching the movie just didn't feel like he was the right person to play this character I feel like they could have gotten 
a much better straight man and to to Chadwick Boseman's kind of charisma if you know what I mean where he's kind of like Ch- Chadwick Boseman is the one kind of always making jokes and, and not not like a comedic like a you know it, it was more like a he's just the funny guy he is the guy who is going to charm you when he walks into the room whereas Josh Gad's character should have been the more uptight one and the one you know and he tried to do that but at times he would make jokes too and it's just like because it's almost like maybe they felt like they had to with Josh Gad and I just didn't feel like it worked. I feel like there wasn't as much balance there. Which again, that's a director thing. You gotta, con- if you're gonna cast this guy, you gotta reel him in a little bit. And I don't want to make it sound like he was joking the entire time. He wasn't, but I, I don't know. I, I just didn't think it fit the role. So, all right, I am going to rate this movie now, and I am going to give it a six point seven out of ten. It is okay. Uh, I definitely think. If you want to go see, if you're into these kind of things, if you're into these kind of historical dramas, then this is definitely worth checking out. I mean, it's a story I didn't really know. It's just part of the reason I was super invested in it. But it's not one that necessarily stands out where I'm like, I'm going to remember this or put this on like a top 10, um, you know, biographical drama or anything like that or biopic or anything like that. It's not, it's not that. But it, it's a it's a decent biopic to go in and see. So, excuse the dogs. All right. Well, that was my review of Marshall. So now we are going to move in to TV discussion. And normally we'd be doing highs and lows, but since I was the only one reviewing this and, or reviewing these movies, and it was a little, we're gonna be a little bit shorter than usual. We figured now is a good time to talk about a little bit more in depth these CW DC shows, these Arrowverse shows. So if you watch these shows, great, you can stick around for this discussion. If not, you can just kind of fast forward a little bit and you should catch up with us for just our regular highs and lows of TV. So thanks for that. All right, now we are going to get into these Arrowverse shows. So if you're not caught up, you might want to check out and go catch up on these shows so you can be part of this discussion all right that was your spoiler warning ozzy you watch the flash i am not going to go on another flash rant um but i do not watch the flash needless to say so what did you think of the flash this week i thought it was all right i had a lot of dumb moments in there okay um one of my biggest issues that uh, that I can tell I'm always going to have with the show until they change it. Someone's going to mention it. You you cannot have somebody who is in their twenties say Kid Flash say I'm Kid Flash. To me that that brings the show down in quality. To me that is stupid, and the fact that this character continuously repeats that he's Kid Flash. And continuously repeats that, team like repeatedly repeats, Team Kid Flash, you're not winning me over, okay? Moments like that make me want to drop the show. So it's just you know they need to do something where they can change his name, and I thought that the something that they would have done because someone who's twenty something should not be saying I'm Kid something. It's just no. It's it's stupid. 
Um, now I digress. I, I don't get that's such a to me that's such a small thing where I'm just like but I don't get why so, it bothers you so much. He says that he says it so much. It's just like I get it. Shut up. It's like you coming up to me and saying, "Hey, so I'm Carlos. I'm Carlos. I'm Carlos. I'm Carlos." I'm just like, "Okay, dude, I get it. You're Carlos. It's fine. It's great. Just, just stop. Can we move on?" And he kept like that's one of the things that he says like repeatedly in the show. And it just annoys me. Like I don't hear Barry saying I'm the Flash twenty four seven. I just I don't. But anyways, um, one of the issues that I have with this, this episode is okay. So basically, they need to bring back Barry because there is this threat that's saying, "Hey, I'm going to level the city if you don't bring this guy to me. I need to talk to him or something, whatever." And so, and vibe which is Cisco and Wally West, they've been taking care of the city. They've been kind of doing like a duo together. And like, you know, they can't handle this apparently. So they're just like, hey, you know, we, need, we should bring back Barry. You know, it's time. And Cisco's figured out a way to, 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 to really to stabilize the speed force and to bring Barry back, right? And you would have thought that Iris is on board. She's not on board. And which is why I, I kind of don't understand. Because she was just saying, oh, well, Barry told me to run. He told me to keep running. He told me to, you know, not stop. You know, he told me just to keep going, to fight, and to keep fighting no matter what. And you would have thought that, okay, like, that, you know, you bringing him back isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's it's somebody that you love and you have a, you have a chance to see that person again. And... You get to show that person what you've done, right? She's against it, and she's being completely irrational about it, which I didn't get, you know? And they had to do this whole thing behind her back. I mean, she was kind of annoying that episode, this episode to me, because I would have thought that she would have been all on board with it. Um, but they eventually bring him back, and it's, and it's uh, you know, you see him running back and from the speed force, and then... They bring him to the to the police department because somebody catches him, and then that's where the the thirteen flash finds him. So they bring him back and everything, and then you know he's going crazy. He's running all these symbols, and it doesn't mean anything. Like the symbols, they ended up finding like a translation of what it was, and the symbols don't mean anything. Now I don't know if they're gonna mean anything in the future. Of this season, so I'm not gonna go ahead and say anything. I'm not gonna say it was stupid, but when they find something that's really similar, it was kind of disappointing. You're just like, what? Like what? Like why is he saying that repeatedly? So I hope it's not what they stick with. I hope it's not. I hope it's just a mistranslation. But it was interesting to see Barry just you know not remember who anybody was. It was interesting to see him really go through that dynamic. I thought that was pretty cool to see them try to figure out a way for them to bring him back. I did like that aspect of him, you know, being gone for so long. Um, I think it was cool the fact that, you know, that, that, you know, when Barry kind of wakes up and you see the lightning go through his eyes. I think that is the coolest scene that we've gotten. And, you know, I like seeing him run. I like getting some of these new scenes that we get from him really running really fast and i think it's great and the only thing that i wish they would have actually 
kind of gotten into was it was kind of him remembering what happened in the Speed Force and what he went through. I wish he, I wish he could have remembered that. And I don't know if they're going to explore it later on in the season. I hope they do. But, yeah, I mean, he was telling the audience that he felt great. He felt amazing. And everything kind of ended on the pitch perfect scene. So that's what that's what you got from there. Oh, Fun. and as for Caitlyn, I love having Caitlyn back. I do. But it felt so forced with that ending scene where they have Killer Frost come back up. It's like, okay, we're still not done with this issue. So I don't know what they plan to do with their character. But for me, it's like, okay, it's been a season now where you've done this flip floppity flip with the character. So let's have, like, let's do something. Like, either commit fully and make her Killer Frost or commit fully and have her be Caitlyn. Because it, it doesn't make any sense. They so, botched that character so bad. Yeah, I, it, it, like, they keep going back and forth with it. Like, I would have been fine, you know, if she, was, if she was like, okay, like, you know, I'm Caitlyn. I'm able to hone it down, whatever. And then someone comes up to her you know, but at the ending of the of the show, someone comes up to her and says, "Oh, like you're not done working for us." And then she goes, "I am done." And then she turns into Killer Frost, and then Killer Frost comes out, and then she beats up the guy. And then she walks out, and then you know, Killer Frost goes away, and then Caitlyn goes, "Oh my gosh, it's back!" And I'm just like, "Dude, that felt so forced, man, and cheesy. Mm-hmm. Come on." It just didn't, I just didn't like how it felt. And it's just been like a season now. It's been a season that we've been flip-flopping with that whole entire thing where she's been fighting that. And I don't think that defines her character. I really don't. I don't understand why they can't get back to the formula they had with her character back in season one. You know, everybody loved her character in season one. So I don't understand why they can't really go back to that formula. It just doesn't make any sense to me. They should have gone full villain with her, but whatever. All right, let's move on to what do you want to do, Supergirl? Dude, Supergirl, I think Super, you know, it's hard for me because it's like, you know, I want to choose another high besides This Is Us, and Melissa Benoist's acting in this whole entire episode, God, it was just so great, so great, man. It was amazing. Her, her she acting. continues to be the best part of the Arrowverse. Yes, I mean you. I mean, especially, especially that dialogue that she has with her with her sister, um, where she was just like, "No, I wouldn't." That's what humans do. I was like, "Damn, man!" Like, can you feel how cold she is? And it was just, it was just so, so crazy. Yeah, she's so somebody that you wouldn't want to have angry at you i think as just a regular person most of a noise um she's just got that look man um but anyway she i think she acts the crap out of that scene and those um and just the direction they took her character she's killing it but i didn't love the direction they took her character i mean i get it I get it because, you know, she loses her boyfriend or whatever and she, you know, she had to send him away and that's a horrible thing. So you're going to have some sort of reaction to this, but I I don't know. I didn't really, everyone else seemed pretty rational to me in what they wanted from her and she was like just 
completely pushing back the other way. And maybe that's just me because that's not where I wanted the character to go. But it, I, I don't know. It just it didn't necessarily work for me. But overall, the episode is really good. I'm very happy that Cat Grant is. I mean, I'm not happy the position they put her in because <sighs> why? Um, but I, it seems like she'll be kind of a off in the distance type thing again and that's not a bad thing on my <laughs> in my mind to keep her away one of the surprisingly when i heard about back when they announced they were doing um lena luther or whatever lex's sister i was very just like seriously like we're gonna continue on doing this whole like every character but the girl version and i'm surprised how much I actually like Lena Luther. I think they're doing a great job with her character. You continue to second guess her just because of her name and as an audience member. And then she continues to remind you that you're just guess second guessing her because of her name. I, I really like her. I think she is a great friend to Melissa Benoist or to um, Kara and and to Subaru. I think that that relationship is working pretty well both ways. And I really I'm surprised how much I like that character. Uh, Jimmy she's, continues to be my least favorite, though. You you can go. She, <laughs> she is the the that just plays Melissa. Ben, uh, <laughs> that just plays. I was gonna say the actress who plays Melissa Benoist. Yeah. Uh, that just plays Len, Lena Luther. I mean, she does an amazing job. I mean, she has this kind of. She gives off like this kind of like you know shy, yet powerful, um, powerful aura around her. I mean, she, you know, she's really shy, but she's also very. She also speaks her mind in a lot of occasions. Um, sorry because of her family name, but you know she ups. You know she's very she she speaks out of the things that she does not agree with, and I really like that about her character. And I know it sounds really the probably people are going to be like this doesn't make any sense. It'd be like well those people you know watch watch how she moves watch how she talks. It's really it's really great to see her, and I think she does add a new element to the show, and I think that's really interesting. I think. I do like the dynamic that she has with with Cara Danvers. Yeah. I, I, I do like that. Uh, one last thing about Supergirl for me, in particular with this episode, uh, I don't think this was the sister's best episode. Uh, I really was not a fan of her performance. E even though I found myself agreeing with her character, I just, she was fine in the episode. I, I don't know. I just, she didn't really, she's never been my favorite actress in this, in the show. And this episode is just another, just like, eh. I, I, she, every time she's on the screen and it's just her, I'm just like, all right, let's move on to the next thing. Like, I, I don't know. She's not very compelling to me, even the things that should be. I didn't like the issue that her and her girlfriend were having. I didn't. It was stupid yeah, yeah. to me. I was just like, I yeah. was like, why don't you just tell her you don't want to go? Exactly. Because your sister. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Explain that. Like, I don't understand Whatever. why it's so hard for for these characters in the CW to just explain <laughs> themselves. Yeah, like, it's just yeah. like I, like I'm thinking lot like logistically, I would have done that. Like, I would have been like, "Look, babe, it's not the fact that you know I don't want to go. It's just the fact that you know I get to see my sister going on." And then I did not like the fact that the girl, like you know, her fiance exactly. was just like, yeah, was just like. You tell me you don't want to marry me? No, man. She just told you she wants to stop with her sister. It's like, come on. No. And then I don't like the fact how it ended up being, 
Oh, man, I just I just don't want a big wedding. Why the why why couldn't you just like wouldn't that be something that you guys would have talked about? Express yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. All I think right. the funniest part. I think the funniest part yeah. of that before we move on, this that scene kind of reminded me of um, of Arrow season. I think it was season four. That's not where, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, where where Oliver and Felicity were having an argument over the comms. So I loved it when Wim was just like, "I love you guys." Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Wen is a character who I've always kind of liked, and I think he is. I've liked him more and more as we've gone on through the show. But then, if you take a step back and just look at his character and how he's introduced to us, he is definitely one of those cases of them deciding something about a character, like after they've gotten well into the show and we've just accepted it like he is i mean he's basically a genius at this point like he can do anything he's i mean he's running stuff at the deo or whatever and he's just like he's doing dna tests and all these different stuff and it's like what are you a doctor like i it's just like he's doing everything like he's a super genius or whatever and he he's introduced to us as just somebody working at catco in the first episode. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <It's> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> they completely have changed what he is. And, you know, I'm fine with it because I like him as a character. So, whatever. All right. Moving on to Legends. Before, Well, I guess we can finish with Arrow. So, let's move on to Legends. This is probably the one I heard the most positive about going into this week. I mean... I, I watched this like a day or two late, and I had heard pretty good things about it from maybe you, I don't know, but Enrique definitely, and online as well. And it, it was it was good. It, it was fine. It's just, it's not my favorite episode of Legends. Uh, I think Katie Lotz yeah, is... Um, honestly, the, I don't know what his yeah. freaking name is, the metal guy. Yeah. I, I, I was so annoyed with him as soon as I saw him, and then... <laughs> Like I, I don't, I don't want to be annoying this character. But one of the opening scenes that we get with his character is him going on a Tinder date. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he. I, I'll start with a positive, and that's Katie Lotz. She continues to kick butt in this show. She's great. But as for the rest of them, I mean, I think it was a good choice to. Well, I mean, we picked it up technically right where we left off. But we wrap things up pretty quickly, and then we move into this thing where they're all kind of doing their own thing. And I think that was a really good choice. It kind of gave us a little bit more insight into these characters, because we got to see what they would do if they had no time. Or they had time on their hands, and they didn't really have anything to do. And I think that tells a lot about a person and a character when you see what they do in their free time. So I really liked all of that. I think it was interesting, but you're right, and slightly annoying that like Nate's off doing just superhero things, and it's like okay, they're trying to make us be like, oh, he he really just wants to be a hero, but I don't like him as a person, so I, I don't I don't really care. I think they made the wrong choice, and it looks like we might be getting um, what's her name, Amara? Yeah, um, we, we might be getting Amara back. Uh, I hope so, uh, because I think Amara's a better character than Nate, and I think they may, if if they were to stick with this whole Amara not being on the team thing, which, again, I don't think they're going to do, but they made the wrong choice. Nate should have been the one to go, because 
he's not a good, he's just not well written. I really don't, I agree with you. I really don't like him. But, yeah, I mean, it was just a fun episode. I really am annoyed with the whole, the one thing I don't like is Rip. I don't think, we've talked about this before. I think you've been a bigger fan of Rip than I have in the past. I am not in general. Uh, I think he's fine and he, I, I think the last season was really good, and part of the reason was because, for the most part, he was out of the picture. Uh, it was just the legends themselves running the show, and then Rip kind of um, did. I think, no, but we also really liked him because of how he was as a villain. I mean, he was just so yes, menacing as no, a villain. Yes, no, that's what I'm getting to. I liked him yeah. when they brought him in as more as a different kind of role last season, but now he's back, and he's kind of just rip again, but now he's more pretentious than before. <laughs> and he's not willing to help them, so it's just like, now you're just being in the way of our main characters, and you're being the thing I didn't like about you in season one and worse. So, I I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of what they're doing with Rip. Hopefully, that changes soon, and the the legends, he starts to not impede them anymore. So I don't, I don't know. mind Rip, and I think it's I think it's a fine place where he's at. I feel like it's going to be great just seeing him like kind of on the sidelines, really. Because I mean, there's not. I think once we got past that season one where you know he couldn't avenge his his, his you know his son and his his wife, you know you need to place this character somewhere, and I think and I think this would be the good place to put him. You at. just put him out of the good. show, to be honest. You just don't like Rip. I don't know why you don't like Rip. Because he has this air of superiority where he thinks he's better than everyone else. And I, the, he's I very much written like that. I don't think it's that he, you know, he thinks that he's better than everybody else. It's just, you know, when you've been doing something for so long, you know, and then you have these newbies that think that they've known, that they think that they know everything. You know, it's not, it's not you know, you're going to get annoyed. You're going to get agitated. And I feel like that's what happened with his character. But I don't and, have to like him agitated, and I don't. I really don't. Well, you just you just like the characters more than him. Yes, which you're doing it. You're doing it from another. Pers- you're looking at it from another perspective. I but for me, I understand his character. I understand it. I understand why he gets agitated. But he's not no, likable. I, That's the problem. I really don't. I don't know. I just I don't think it works. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. We have to take a poll. We, to, we should do a poll. Who does? <laughs> I don't know. But it's, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I really, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I think the other characters are far more compelling than him. And which is why, again, yeah. which is why, like, I'm glad that he won't be like, you know, because I don't think there's nothing really that he, that he, that he can really offer, which is why, you know, it's, it's good to see him more of in a, in a, in a, in a role where he can assist them with, with advice and stuff like that than actually being there i that's why like i was i mean i, I like him better in that in that particular role maybe if that's the direction they go i'll agree with you but right now it just seems like he's just gonna be nagging them the entire season and saying what are you doing you uh, messed I it mean, up blah, uh, blah 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 and it's just like uh, no uh, because i mean in the in the final episode i mean in this in this episode i mean he was kind of nagging them and stuff like that but at the same time i mean once once the once the legends kind of proved him wrong it was just like okay you guys can okay. You guys can do it. Like you guys can help us out. Yeah, as and long then, as they know, keep that other girl. The the yeah. I mean, she know, she was annoying, and she was annoying, and he was just like, look. I mean, they brought the threat. We're we're gonna need them to do what they do best. 
that's what I like. I was like, okay, you know, he's he's you know he's not going to be nagging them. I feel like he's going to be supporting them a lot. Yeah. So, I did yeah. like how they subtly set up the villain where we, he's. It's just this kind of thing that we don't know much about, but we know is coming because of Rip. So, yeah. Yeah. So I I I like the episode. It's not my favorite, but it it's it's good. All right. Oh, yeah. uh, I think again another positive from this episode. One of the best scenes. I have to say, from this entire show, is this episode where, where Sarah's just like, okay, party's over, you're coming with us, and he's like, I will not be taken down by a woman, and then <laughs> you just see all the guys just watching, and she is just beating the crap out of Julius Caesar, yeah. and, and uh, you see Ray just go, should we help her, and then, and then um, Nate just goes. I'm, uh, it's just like I'm more worried about him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it just shows you the dynamic of the, of the team, and it just shows you though that she is a powerhouse. She can hold her own, and that is just one again. It's just one again. It was one of those like, damn. That's also like another high for this week. It's just that scene with Sarah, and she is just she does. She's just fantastic. Yeah, and she, and really, I mean that that kind of exemplifies why i like this show so much and it's because it's just fun i mean you can sit back and you're watching sarah lance just beat up julius caesar like a comic book character is beating up julius caesar on a beach (laughs) like what it's just so stupid and fun i really i I don't know that's why i like this show anyway let's uh really quick do arrow and yeah, I'll let you start with this one because I started with the last one. But what do you think of Arrow? I liked it, man. I I liked getting back in the in the hang of things. I liked the fact I liked how they kind of introduced everybody that's alive. But uh, and I liked how they used the flashbacks. I really liked how they used the flashbacks, and I kind of I I also liked the dynamic with uh with with him and Slade in in several scenes. I really did like it. What do you think? Uh, I, that's actually one thing that I'm not sure how I feel about yet. But I, just because I, I just I identify with him so much as being a villain, and as especially just as a character, and this is one of those situations where I'm surprised that you are so on board with that, just because you're normally the one who's like. But it needs, but it's not like anything like the source material and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that that's fine. We disagree on that. We probably always will, just how much things need to follow the source material. But this is a situation where I'm actually like, what what are we doing? Like, is he a good guy now? Like, I, he's Deathstroke. What are we, I, I don't know. I just, I really, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. And I'm hoping, to be honest, I'm hoping that we take a, turn and he goes back to being a villain but anyway um i mean i guess yeah. the reason why i'm fine with it is just because you know we've seen him as a character and we've seen him grow as a character i mean he was good in the first season that we saw him in the flashbacks and he was still good in the flashbacks but the thing that was turning him evil was the mirror Carew and the fact that shadow you know he felt that shadow was influencing influencing him because of these hallucinations he doesn't have Mir Karu anymore, so he's he's back to he's back to being Slade, like the good old say that we know back in season but one. So that's not the character that 
you know, it just it doesn't even feel like the same character that is written on the written page, you know, on from the comics. It does doesn't feel like it feels like a completely separate character. And that's and again, most of the time I'm okay with that, but now it's like why even give the character the name if you're not going to make him the same person? So and, and that again, okay, my my but, point I mean, has always can, been we that we can it, argue that for we can argue that for for who? I mean, there's there's characters in the MCU that aren't supposed to be a hundred percent like this character, but we give them the name anyways. I mean, I'm pretty sure Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy and the comics is not, you know, he's not a goofball, but in Marvel he is. So, it's but just, that doesn't change. He's still a hero, or he's still a mercenary. So it's ultimately they still have the same motives or the same kind of. That that's always been my point. It, you don't have to get every detail right. You don't have to get okay, every well, Loki, detail the same. Loki is one of Thor's greatest adversaries, and he's working with Thor and Thor Ragnarok. We don't know that for sure yet. Uh, bro, uh, we see it in the trailer where this man's working with Thor, and it's we, not the first time he's working with Thor. Yeah, that's, but he always freaking betrays him. Again, okay. All right, we're just going to get... Yeah, this, this, this is a completely separate discussion, but I, I, I don't know. It's I, To me, that's completely different because he always betrays him, but... I mean... He, al- he always does. I mean, even in Thor 2, I, spoiler alert for Thor 2, he, yes, he works with him. It's begrudgingly, and they do help each other. But by the end, we know what happens at the end, the twist at the end that we both really love. He, something, he does something that's pretty freaking evil. So at the end of the day, he's still a bad guy. Or he's, and they added another layer to his relationship with Thor, which is fascinating with this it's not that they're adding more layers it's just that they've changed who the character is and they're they're i I don't know i again i find it fascinating that we're coming at it from basically completely opposite sides is what we normally are but my whole point has always been that if you're going you can change whatever as long as you keep the core of the character and in this case i'm not talking about any other but in this case i don't think they're keeping the core of the character um, yeah, but I mean, in the comics, Slade didn't even train Oliver Queen, so it just. But what is that? That's not the core of the character. That, but, but that's my. I'm point. just saying. I know. I'm just. I saying. get that he like, has different backstory have... things, all this stuff, whatever. I don't care about all that. That th- that's where we. Di- I don't care about all that. I'm just saying the core of the character, who the character is. Period. End of story. Like who the character is, not what he's done or not what his history is. All this stuff. Who the character is. Needs to be around the same thing. I don't think it is. I think that they've said, oh, who the character you thought the character is is because of the Mirakuru and everything else about the character is good. And it's just like, what? That's not who this character is. And I think you've kind of gone away from that. But anyway, <laughs> that's why I'm not sure how I feel about that whole thing. Uh, as for the I'm flashbacks... I, I'm fine with it. But anyways. As for the flashbacks... Uh, what? Why are we still doing flashback? I mean, I get that it was it was a good thing for this episode, but are they going to continue with flashbacks? Because they've said they're not doing flashbacks anymore. So, like, I I don't know. I just I think maybe hopefully I'm hoping that this is just some transition type thing where it's like they want to ease people into no more flashbacks, so they give us a little bit more in the beginning, but that's it. 
but I liked them. I think they did a good job of holding back and slowly revealing. I think that was pretty good writing, to be honest. <laughs> slowly revealing who was still alive. And at first, I was like, man, they didn't kill it. Because they kept revealing people that are still alive. And you're just like, okay, okay. So does this show have any stakes? Nobody's dead. And then they revealed that the mom's died. The mom's dead. And you're just like okay, I didn't really know her, so you took the cop out there. And to be honest, I'm not going to lie, I completely forgot about Thea. And maybe that speaks to how much I actually care about Thea, but I completely forgot about Thea. And I was like, okay, so they didn't, there's no stakes. Like, nobody the died problem, except the mom. The problem and then they didn't even kill Thea. It's like, what? The problem with Thea's character, which continues to just agitate me, is the fact that just they don't know where to put her. Yeah. And this is, to me, this is just one of those instances. And to me, I'm kind of annoyed because I'm disappointed because an entire island blew up. No one died. Yeah. Like, where are the stakes? What, like, what is so, like, what is going on? Like, why didn't no one die? I mean, look. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want anybody to die. But I would have expected, like, you know, you hang, you leave me on a cliffhanger for months that, you know, you have all these people that are, you know, that you blew up an entire island. Now, I'm expecting people to die. You know, that's at the point I'm just like, damn, man, who's, who's going to be, like, you know, who's coming back? And, you know, everybody's alive. Yeah. Except for the kid's mom. And it's just like, you know, if we would have gotten to know her, fine. But no one's dead. Yeah. So, and, and the fact that, you know, that's the thing that annoyed me. And I thought that they would have done that with Thea. Because at this point, don't get me wrong, I love Thea. But, you know, you just, we, I don't know why the writers don't know what to do with her. They keep flip-flopping her. It's every time they push her to do the most dramatic thing. And for some reason, she has to quit because she's gone, quote-unquote, too far. And it just annoys me. Just stick. Can you just put her somewhere and actually have her stick there for a long time? Because I liked her when she was an asset for Team Arrow. And then they're just like, oh, no, she went too far. And then you try to have her, you know, work with Oliver in the mayor's office. Oh, no, she went too far. Like, what? Like, when are you going to actually keep her in her place? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, yeah I, I, I agree. I think that they do have a Thea problem. And, you know, it's fascinating because... I again, I had a little bit of a roller coaster ride when it came to this episode because I was like, okay, so oh, they're slowly revealing who's dying, and then it's like, okay, the, just the mom, and then it's like, oh yeah, Thea. So I'm like, oh, Thea's died, okay. But then I was like, oh, they only killed Thea like that, you know? Like we didn't get to see Thea die. That's uh, weird. And then you get. Oh, she's still alive? So there's no stakes. I mean, it's just like, I, I don't think, I think that the explosion, having the explosion happen at the end of the season was the problem for me. Because now you put yourself in a position where you clearly just had a cliffhanger to have a cliffhanger. Like, there was really no story purpose for you to put that there other than you wanted to leave the season off on that note. That's That's it. That's the only reason you wanted the story, the season to end like that. And that's not good. Um, it's just not. It's That's not good writing. 
And then you put yourself into a hole where you're like, okay, it's either we fully admit that we just did this to mess with the audience by not killing anybody, or we kill somebody, but then you don't get the emotional resonance of seeing them die unless we do a flashback, which probably should have been their answer. If they're going to do a flashback, have the flashback be seeing the person die or, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they wrote themselves into a hole at the end of last season, but to spin it positive, I really do like when Arrow, when their team is working in full function and everything's going smoothly, they're doing their thing and they're just on a mission. And especially when the mission is something like this, where they kind of get outsmarted and have to recoup and kind of backtrack. And I think that this was just a really solid episode of Arrow, all things from the end of last season withstanding. Uh, the yeah, I mean, it was really great. Whatever, I'm, but yeah, I'm really glad that they gave uh, Wild Dog his like an actual suit. Yeah, yeah, because I was tired of seeing him in a freaking jersey and hockey mask. So I liked how they kept a professional here. I like seeing them all have their own dynamic, and I like seeing um, Mr. Fantastic really be comfortable with uh, Mr. Terrific. Yeah, Mr. I'm sorry, Mr. Terrific. Um, be comfortable with his with his technology. I think it's right to seeing him throw the balls and them doing the work for him and stuff like that. So I, I really like I really like it as a as a whole team dynamic. Yeah, and then obviously the they left us with another cliffhanger at the end, which I think was actually a pretty good one, where Oliver is revealed to be the Green Arrow to the public. Which I actually was thinking that during the episode, I was like, you know, it is really comic booky how he has been outed as the green arrow multiple times and every time he's able to like, like come up with some excuse as to why it's not him and i really hope they don't do that again and they kind of just stick with it and see what happens it'll probably they'll probably figure out a way to make him convince the public that it's not true but whatever. it looks like a set photo yeah <laughs> to be honest. uh so i don't know it's we'll see where it ends up going one thing I last thing that I really don't like <laughs> is the kid. What are we doing? Like I just I, I don't know. I don't know what this kid actually adds to anything <laughs> other than adding to emotional drama for Oliver. It's like every time the kid is on the screen I'm like, "What are you like you're not adding any to anything to the show. Like, I really, for us to care why he's mad at Oliver, we need to care about him. And we haven't, again, the same problem with the mom. We haven't spent any time with him. So why should I care how he feels? That, that's my problem right now. You need to get us to care about this kid before you start giving him I, drama. I just don't understand why the kid called Oliver a monster. Because I'm just like, yo, this man, there was a man yeah, who know. literally pointed a gun at your head. Whatever. Who was literally about to shoot you. And then he came in. And saved your life. So what the hell do you mean the Batman yeah. is in the room? Like that, I just do not get. Yeah. I do not like. No. I do not like the fact that they made that. Um, wasn't that a, twist with the sun? Wasn't good writing either. I just like oh how he pointed at Oliver. It's just like what? Like I, I don't feel like that's really how this conversation would happen. But anyway, all right, let's move on, and we'll briefly, very quickly, because we are running a little bit long. Do some highs and lows. Ozzy, what's your high for TV of the week? I would say Melissa Boyce. I think it's super good, man. I mean, it was it was amazing. It's great to see that CW can pull these great actors and, and really give them a shot here. And I think she did an amazing job. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's my positive for the week. Um, 
Uh, you know, low of the week. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say it was probably Flash, just because of the character decisions that that they made Iris do and everything. I just to me that was just really underwhelming, and also just because of the fact that you know, it's just it, you know, Killer Frost. They need to do something with this character. They, you know, look for me either commit full blown, you know, make her make her go like you know, make her a villain. Or full blown, just keep her as Killer Snow. I think in the comics, I think from what I read last time, Killer Frost was you know debating on whether to be a good guy or a bad guy still. But I mean, this has just been a whole season, man. You know, let's let's do something with Caitlyn because this is ridiculous. All right, my high of the week is going to be. A, it's a show that I clearly I talked about a lot last year and not as much this year. Because I've been waiting for it to actually get good, and it is good right now. And my high of the week is American Horror Story. I really like this episode. It, it's t- the okay. The season has gotten really good now, like really good. It's not as good as last season because last season was great until the finale, but it's it's really good. And it took a while to get there. It took us a good four episodes for me to understand what was happening on American Horror Story. Now, I don't think that's how it should be, and I'm not advocating for the entire season of this show just because it does take quite a while for you for them to actually tell you what's going on. But this episode in and of itself was solid and was very highly entertaining, and I really did appreciate it. It's gotten to be good television again. All right, my low, and this, we're going to disagree, and I know you're going to want to argue with me, and we can argue maybe briefly, but very briefly, because we are running late, is The Blacklist. I don't see it yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I, look, I'm just really annoyed with Liz right now. That's my thing. I don't care about... I, I, spoiler alert for The Blacklist if you don't watch it. Shh. Look, he's her father. Cool. Why do you have to keep telling us that he's her father? It's like your thing with Kid Flash, I guess. Where it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. You don't have to keep saying it. And then I don't think Megan Boone is the best actress. She's fine. But this season in particular, I don't think she's doing very... She's not doing great stuff. She's... Whatever. Um... And then you took the cool out of James Spader's character. And I think we're starting to get it back. We're starting to kind of, again, slowly kind of get back to where we were. But, and I like that journey. It's just like, now the one great thing about this show, it's like we're working back to it. And it's like, ah, you know, okay. It's kind of gotten really formulaic and and without the coolness of James Spader's character. I mean, he's still so. cool. I just don't mind. I don't mind seeing him. I don't mind. I don't mind. I guess I don't mind seeing him build up and stuff like that because I think he's still a cool character. And I, and I like how he's so slick, even though he's broke. That just shows you the how powerful his character is. Yeah. You know, he's he's so like he's still he's still gonna get his way. Yeah. You know, he's still going to hustle you. And I think that's really great how we get to see that. Um, even I, when he has no money. I guess that the one, I guess the, the area we might disagree on is that I think James Spader's character is basically the only thing holding this up and making this show good. That's it, what I'll agree with you with. I mean, okay. I think the stuff, I mean, I mean, I'm really, I'm glad. I'm glad to see that Nabal being in a Rumble together. 
I think it's great. I mean, I think it's an interesting. Then I mean, I'm interested to see where this yeah. whole thing with with a wrestler goes. You know, when it comes to him killing, you know, yeah. Um, Hitchin. Yeah, and there is a moment between Spader and wrestler in this re- recent episode that I think you're really gonna like, and I that got me excited moving forward. So there's stuff there that gets me again him building up, and then the st- the stuff building in uh, wrestler storyline. There's stuff there. It's just. Right now, I'm just kind of like, all right, let's get back to where we were, please. Because Spader and what he was doing is what made me interested in the show. So, anyway, that's my low of the week is The Blacklist. All right. You want to do recommendations? Close, as always. (laughs) You take it away. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to think here. I don't know if I necessarily have one off the top of my head. One thing, all right, I know what I'll recommend. And it's because it's a movie that I've been thinking a lot about and I'm probably going to rewatch soon just because it's a great movie. And I think I've recommended it before, but I'm going to recommend it again because it's a just brilliant movie. And it is John Carpenter's The Thing. It's, it's around that time of year, guys. It's getting to Halloween time. It's time to start watching some horror movies and some classic horror movies. And The Thing is... It's really, really beautiful sci-fi horror slash thriller. It really is. And it it's a movie that you could almost, other than obviously some of the CGI things, you could almost re-release this. And it's just, it's so well done, so well written, and so well directed. I, the, If you have not seen The Thing, come on. I mean, it's a classic sci-fi movie, and you need to watch it. And it's a great watch for around Halloween time, so check it out. Alrighty, guys, and I am going to recommend. I'm going to recommend The Walking Dead. Screw it. Halloween season. It's coming back October 22nd, I believe. Yeah. Look, man, character, character development, character evolution in the show is just amazing. It's one of the best things I've seen on that show. Really great stuff. I think the action, for the most part, is pretty good. A lot of great acting. Um, you know, I, I personally really, really like this show, and I think it's an amazing show. I think it's one of the best shows on TV. Last season was a little bit of a hit or miss because it was it was it was kind of slow. It took a long time to really pick up, but I think this season's gonna be better. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. All right, Ozzy, you, you want to sign us out? Yeah, man. Where can people find you in social media? All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry456. And make sure you follow us all over social media, all at ScreenFollows. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our YouTube channel. We're going to have stuff up there pretty soon. And the website, we got great stuff on there as well. And then also, I want to remind you guys, Star Wars Rebels comes back on Monday, I believe. And we will have a recap coming up on our next episode for that. Jesse will be back. It'll be a great time. So be on the lookout for that yeah guys uh we should be having youtube videos back around october 22nd we gamrika and i will be doing some walking dead stuff on there so be ready for that all right um guys you guys can also find me on twitter at castro ozzy and also guys if you have any recommendations for carlos and i any tv recommendations that you want carlos and i to watch please feel free to email me at ozzy.castro 
at ScreenFellas.com. Guys, we hope you enjoy the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check us out on YouTube. This is ScreenFellas. <laughs>